Chapter Twenty Nine of The Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners by agnes g burn heat much has been said from time to time about the part played in the ocean of air by heat a few pages about heat and its modes of action may not be uninteresting when we speak of a thing being hot or cold we mean hot or cold as compared with something else generally with the surrounding atmosphere that which one person calls hot another calls cold and what seems hot to us at one time seems cold at another it is all a question of comparison the true temperature of a body can only be known by the thermometer not through touch the hand can merely feel that a substance is more or less warm than itself since a hand is always changing its own degree of warmth it can be no fair standard for measuring the warmth of other bodies some substances gain and lose their heat much more readily than some others iron takes in and gives out heat faster than wood if you have a lump of warm iron and a piece of warm wood both just the same in degree the iron will feel hotter to your hand it gives over heat to your hand more quickly than the wood does but if the iron and wood are both cold still alike in degree the iron will be coldest to your hand it takes in heat robbing your hand for the purpose more quickly than the wood not long ago heat was believed to be a sort of very thin fluid the pet fluid theory again far thinner and more delicate than air this fluid commonly called caloric was supposed to flow through the tiny interstices of solids and liquids and among the floating particles of air or gas passing freely from one body to another the notion of heat being a fluid or any kind of substance is now entirely given up like gravitation like electricity and magnetism heat is believed to be a force or form of energy a force has been described as that which changes the form or the place of a body the said body may be of any imaginable kind or size from an invisible particle of air a speck of dust or an animalcule to an elephant a mountain an ocean a world or a sun heat certainly does so much it makes bodies grow bigger it transforms solids into liquids and liquids into gases it alters the very nature of substances turning one kind into another it keeps up incessant motion of bodies and substances in the ocean of air not that heat alone could do all this but heat does not work alone no single force of nature works alone all the forces toil together interchangeably resisting and yet helping one another the force of heat works with the force of gravitation to bring about the great circulations of air and water and the forces of magnetism and electricity have a share in the task when heat passes into a body it does not always remain there as heat sometimes it is transformed into some other form of energy or working power which again can be transformed to heat this interchangeableness of the forces of nature is very curious and interesting though too complex a subject to be more than alluded to here 
a cannon-ball is sent flying through the air by a mighty and sudden expenditure of heat the heat disappears being transformed into rapid motion the ball is then brought to a sudden standstill by a strong stone wall which it cannot break through thereupon the motion vanishes and heat so to speak reappears great heat being given out at the moment of the ball's concussion with the wall another example is found in the steam engine heat there goes in as heat but it comes out in the form of work the work done by the engine in drawing a heavy train if the engine is stopped suddenly by a collision motion ceases and heat is given forth instead even in so small a matter as rubbing two dry sticks together to gain a few sparks of fire you have once more an instance of work or motion transformed into heat one thing that heat is always trying to do is much the same as air and water and electricity are always trying to do it is perpetually striving after a complete equilibrium it is ever seeking to distribute itself about everywhere alike heat is incessantly flowing from one object to another from hotter bodies to colder bodies that the temperature of all bodies may be the same heat passes from hotter to colder bodies and probably also in a less degree from colder to hotter bodies each body which has any heat gives forth of that heat not because some other body needs more but simply because being hot it must radiate or pour out heat all around yet undoubtedly the more abundant flow is from the warm to the cold surface for the general tendency is always towards an equalizing of the temperatures of objects near together if a body receives more heat than it gives off it grows hotter if less it grows colder if exactly the same amount it grows neither hotter nor colder heat therefore is something which can pass from one object to another not only so but as with electricity the quantity which passes is a measurable quantity and when a certain amount has been given off less remains behind heat flows continually from solids and liquids into the air also from the air into solids and liquids on a very cold day a man's body being much warmer than the atmosphere a rapid stream of heat pours from his skin into surrounding air particles leaving his skin the colder on a very hot day if he goes out from a cool shelter into a blaze of heat his skin is the coolest then a stream of heat passes from surrounding air particles into his skin giving a sensation of warmth heat entering any substance causes that substance to grow larger by driving the particles further apart heat leaving a substance causes that substance to grow smaller by allowing the particles to draw nearer together this has been gone into earlier the withdrawal of heat makes a gas shrink into a liquid and a liquid into a solid there are liquids which actually take up more space in the act of freezing than before such as water and molten iron this is only a matter of crystalline arrangement the actual particles are always closer in a solid than in a liquid but as the substance crystallizes according to the law of its being the ice or iron needles lie across and among one another in such a way as to leave empty spaces between and thus the frozen substance fills a larger space than the liquid did the broken water pipes of a severe winter are entirely due to this fact they break not when the thaw begins but when the frost first comes the water in the pipes freezing and crystallizing occupies increased room and not even strong iron can stand against the sudden and tremendous pressure of the little delicate ice needles for the breakage is not discovered until the ice melts 
and pours into the house as water an experiment has been often tried with small iron bottles the iron being half an inch thick such a bottle is filled with water is tightly closed and is placed in cold sufficient to freeze the water gradually the water does freeze and presently more room is required by the newly forming ice needles half an inch of solid iron cannot stand against that pressure a sound of breakage is heard the thick iron is shivered by the imprisoned forces this same irresistible power is seen in steam particles water commonly boils passing away as steam at two hundred and twelve degrees fahrenheit on a high mountain where the weight of the atmosphere above is less than at the sea level and where consequently there is less air resistance to the flying apart of the water particles it boils with a smaller amount of heat each separate kind of liquid has its own especial boiling temperature one needing more heat another less if a liquid is changed into a gas by boiling the gas or vapor takes up enormously more room than the liquid did heat drives the particles furiously apart the steam from a kettle of boiling water fills about seventeen hundred times as much space as the water in the kettle repulsion among the steam particles is a mighty power for work as we well know in the present day and a mighty power also for danger to life and limb as seen in boiler explosions if the steam particles have not room to rush far enough apart in their fierce mutual aversion they will burst through strong iron stone brickwork anything rather than be compelled to keep closer company they will not gently and calmly force away like the ice needles but will burst madly free dealing damage on all sides heat acts much more powerfully upon some substances than upon others in other words more heat is needed to raise their temperatures suppose you have a pound of lead a pound of iron and a pound of water and you want to make each four degrees hotter than it is now it will take much more than three times as much heat to do so with the iron as with the lead and a great deal more heat still with the water or to the matter otherwise suppose a certain quantity of heat is allowed to pass into each of the three the lead will then become hotter than the iron and the iron than the water footnote this difference is spoken of as the specific heat or the capacity of heat of each End of footnote. now the fact is all heat passing into a body or a substance has a definite amount of work there but the work is not all of one kind part consists in eternal changes among the particles of the lead iron or water and this is not apparent to our senses part consists in raising the temperature of the lead iron or water as a whole and this is apparent to our senses with some substances there is more internal work to be done before the temperature can be raised and so more heat goes to the first less remains for the second or as it has been expressed different bodies give heat different degrees of trouble if i may use the term in shifting their atoms and putting them in new places with water more heat is necessary for the hidden operations than in iron therefore under the same amount of heat water does not become so warm as iron does conversely when they are growing colder the water has or gives more trouble in parting with its heat so it gets cold more slowly when a body passes from the solid to the liquid or from the liquid to the gaseous form the same is seen markedly if you want to convert a lump of ice at thirty two degrees fahrenheit into water a large amount of heat must pass into the ice and that heat will simply vanish 
it will all be converted into motion and change among the ice particles when the ice has become water the water is not a whit warmer than the ice was again if you have boiling water just ready to pass into steam far more heat is needed to work the change than was required even to transform the ice into water yet when it is done the steam will be precisely the same in temperature as the boiling water was all the heat will have been used up in the internal changes among the water particles condensing of steam into water and freezing of water into ice means simply a reversal of the above heat then is given out instead of being taken in heat is diffused or spread about in three different modes first it passes or is conducted from one portion to another of a body if a silver spoon is placed in a cup of hot tea the warmth spreads upwards through the spoon being handed on from particle to particle till the end of the handle is hot silver is a good conductor of heat footnote paper is a very bad conductor of heat consequently it makes a good covering for a cold night when blankets are lacking the poor who sleep out in trafalgar square are often seen to use newspapers for coverlets End of footnote. if a bone spoon is used the handle will remain cool since bone is not a good conductor the heat does literally spread in both cases but the conduction in bone is so slow that the heat which finds its way along passes off into the air it is stolen on the road by air particles and so does not reach the handle end secondly is conveyed by the movement of a warm body from one place to another our british isles have their moderate temperature through tropical heat being carried northward by the gulf stream and given over to us thirdly it is borne by the passage of heat rays from one body to another body at a distance through something lying between which does not itself intercept or stop the rays for instance the heat rays of the sun pass through the ocean of air parting with only a small proportion of their heat by the way footnote any substance which like air allows free passage to rays of heat is called diathermanous any substance which will not do so is called Aethermanius, end of footnote, and falling upon the earth. The air alone has a very limited power of stopping the rays, and it is only when they are stopped, only when they are taken captive, that they have a heating effect. Moisture floating in the atmosphere has considerable power to capture and use the heat rays, but dry air has almost none. Heat coming from the sun is called radiant because it travels in rays, always journeying straight onward. A sun ray may be diffused or spread about by the air, its light being reflected from one particle to another, and it also rebounds from a solid surface, but in itself a ray never bends, never curves. Other objects beside the sun pour forth rays of heat and light. Every heated substance sends out such rays. Whether or not the rays are visible to us depends upon whether our eyes are able to see them. Human eyesight has only a certain range. When a body is too cold for us to feel any warmth at all coming from it, a very delicate thermometer will show that radiation of heat is going on. Rays are given off, which if our skin were sensitive enough we might feel. If our eyes were sensitive enough we might see. When a body is a certain number of degrees warmer, we are aware of the heat rays, not by sight, but by sensation. That comes first. Put your hand near a boiling kettle, and you are conscious of the heat, radiated forth, by the kettle those heat rays though invisible to the eye 
might be visible if the retina of the human eye were more sensitive every heat ray is also a light ray but the light is pitched too low for our sight a certain kind of paper however prepared in a particular way is sensitive to those rays the photograph of a boiling kettle in the dark that is to say in what we count to be darkness has been taken on such paper by the means of its own light rays invisible to our eyes when a body is so much warmer as to become red-hot we see something of its light though only as a dull glow when a body becomes white-hot it begins to give forth those brighter rays which we usually describe as shining it is a curious fact that heat rays coming from an extremely hot body like the sun can dart through a substance which would stop or weaken the rays from a body only slightly heated a sheet of glass has no effect whatever in stopping the sun's bright rays but it has a marked effect if used as a screen in checking the duller heat rays from the drawing-room fire the atmosphere unless when very damp has an extremely limited power to stop the sun's bright rays but when those rays have heated the ground and the ground in its turn radiates heat the air has a very considerable power to stop the duller rays of so-called dark heat dark to our eyes only poured forth by the ground a conservatory is made on the principle of bright and dark heat rays the rays coming straight from the sun pass through the glass and heat the interior but the rays coming from the heated floor and other substances within cannot pass through the glass and are kept imprisoned thus the place grows hotter and hotter we are able to see just so much and so many of the heat rays which stream from all substances having any degree of warmth as our eyes are fitted to see only that and no more our eyes are formed to receive and to use certain rays not the lowest or the highest in the whole scale of heat and light footnote the belief now universally prevalent is that the rays of heat differ from the rays of light simply as one color differs from another as the waves which produce red are longer than those which produce yellow so the waves which produce this obscure heat are longer than those which produce red in fact it may be shown that the longest waves never reach the retina at all they are completely absorbed by the humors of the eye i have spoken so far of obscure rays only but the self-same ray may excite both light and heat tyndale's glaciers of the alps End of footnote. wonderful as it is to think how much we are able to see in the universe there is something more wonderful still and that is how much goes on which we are not able to see one writer says it does not appear that any body can be so cold as to not send forth radiations mark this not any body existing the reason why all bodies do not appear to shine is that our eyes are sensitive only to particular kinds of rays and we only see by means of rays of those kinds coming from some very hot body had we but eyes to see what a world of radiance we should find around all objects that now are dull and plain would shine with unceasing brightness all that means darkness to us now would then be only varying notes higher or lower in the scale of universal light end of chapter twenty nine recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida